0: Hi, I'm mm-hmm. you Zalvi. And the result it's an editor view. So, let's take a
1: Yo players welcome back to the players club podcast as you just heard that was my niece miss Zahara Gebra Maskell introducing this new episode I'm really excited for this episode we've got an interview today with Justin King from the Warwick Senators and as usual with every other podcast we'll be going through the news and the standings to get you updated on the past couple of weeks of this NBA season and so without any time to waste let's get on with the news. Episode 3's news starts with one of the strangest stories I've come across as an NBA fan, the Dion Waiters situation in Miami. Dion started the season suspended for the season opener for unprofessional conduct, which was for complaining on the bench during the preseason finale and also refusing to complete one mandatory weigh-in. He then served a 10-game suspension for conduct detrimental to the team for a series of issues which included complaining about preseason playing time, Social media shots directed at Coach Spo and also rookie Tyler Hero, plus, plus a panic attack on the team plane after eating edibles.
0: Had to be careful though. Had to be careful because weed is getting stronger every two weeks. And these ain't sending out memos or bulletins or nothing. They're strong for no reason.
1: Already at this point, this was the first time I'd ever heard about a player being suspended twice in one season but it gets worse. He is now currently facing his third suspension of the season for posting a photo on a boat after calling in sick. You are so dumb, you are really dumb, for real. As you can imagine, the Heat are looking to trade him ASAP. With the Heat looking good to start this season, with a lot of chips available for them to make a move at some point, it's almost guaranteed that Dion will be playing for another team.
2: Do me a favor, please, get out of here. Get
0: out
1: of here, man! Shit, I'm saying, get, get out here for real. I'm saying, get out of here for real. You know what I'm saying, get out here. Now that we've passed the unofficial start date for the trading season, as teams are now able to trade free agents they signed in the off-season, look out to see more trade rumors coming up. The Warriors are unlikely to move DeAngelo Russell this year, while the Detroit Pistons are now looking to move Blake Griffin but due to his poor start to the season, aren't getting the offers that they were expecting. The Spurs, who are also struggling, are now taking on offers for both DeMar DeRozan and Lamarcus Aldridge, with a possible reunion with the Blazers for Lamarcus. The Blazers are also active in the trading market, and look for them to take advantage of the fire sale in OKC, with an offer for Danilo Gallinari, but also look for OKC to move Stephen Adams and CP3. The cavaliers have made their entire team available for trade except for darius garland and won a first round pick for kevin love which they have had some interest from the nuggets Suns, and also the blazers with the blazers being kevin love's preferred destination you are now also starting to hear iguodala's name popping up in the trade rumors with a possible move to the rockets or nuggets but a move to Houston is very unlikely because of all their picks being tied up in the West trade and the Grizzlies wanting a first round pick for Andre. In other news, LeBron has come out and said that he plans on playing every game this season if he's healthy. I think this bodes well for the Lakers fans of having a successful regular season and finishing the season as the top seed in the West. From one go to another, Nikola Vucevic is back from an ankle injury after missing 11 games. But in all serious, from another possible future GOAT, Luka Doncic is out for two weeks with an ankle injury. Probably the best team in the NBA just lost his starting point guard, with Eric Bledsoe going to miss two weeks with a fracture in his right leg. Charlotte's promising rookie PJ Washington is out until Christmas with a finger injury. Portland's promising season took another hit recently, with Rodney Hood now out for the season with an Achilles tear. Probably one of the funnier injuries illnesses reasons to possibly miss a game andre drummond while in mexico city had an allergic reaction to an avocado his eyes got extremely swollen to the point where he could barely see and he was considering wearing protective goggles just so that he could play he did manage to participate in the game and also got a 20 and 10 so no avocado can stop andre drummond And with our injury updates for the season, so far Victor Oladipo advised that he's at about 80% and will be back at some point this season. Yusuf Nurkic of the Blazers is targeting a return at the All-Star break and the rumour has come out that KD could return in March if the Nets are in strong playoff contention but I don't think there's a very strong likelihood of that happening. But an injury that's kinda of turned for the worse, there's still no Zion appearance yet, and no signs of him playing anytime soon. With the Pelicans now saying they're gonna think long term with this injury, and so I think that's just code name for saying, See you next year.
3: <laughs> oh no, no, no. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 Week 6 of the NBA season saw Carmelo Anthony and Giannis named Players of the Week. Giannis averaging almost 35 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.5 blocks and brought Milwaukee to a 4-0 record for the week. Carmelo took it for the Western Conference with his first good week back in the NBA, averaging 22 points, almost 8 rebounds, almost 3 assists and almost a steal while also helping the Portland Trail Blazers to a 3-0 record for the week. Week 7 saw Anthony Davis take the honors for the Western Conference and Jimmy Butler take it for the East. Jimmy Butler averaged 27.5 points, 9 rebounds, 8.5 assists with 1.3 steals while being a part of a Miami Heat team that had a 3-1 record with their only loss being against the Celtics. Anthony Davis took the Western Conference honours after averaging 35 points, 8 rebounds, 2.5 assists, while also sending back 2 shots per game and taking the Lakers to a 4-0 record for the week, with one game being the 50 point game against the Timberwolves. This is the second award Anthony Davis has received this year and it's no wonder that the Lakers are still on top of the Western Conference with a 24-3 record. But what's funny? There's no more talk about the Lakers not being able to beat a winning team, with their record now being six and three versus teams over five hundred. They are then followed by the Clippers with a twenty and eight record, and then it'll be the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets tied with a seventeen and eight record, with the Houston Rockets following them with a seventeen and nine record. In my opinion, these are the five contenders out of the West, and these are the sure locks for the playoffs. As we go down the Western Conference, we see the Utah Jazz with a 15-11 and 11 season. I believe they are also a lock for the playoffs, but I do not think they will be contending this year. But the real fight in the Western Conference is the fight for the 7th and 8th seed. It's going to be between Sacramento, Oklahoma, Phoenix, Minnesota, San Antonio and Portland. At the moment, Sacramento and Oklahoma City are in the last two spots with Sacramento in in seventh with a 12 and 14 record and the oklahoma city thunder with an 11 and 14 record after a hot start phoenix and minnesota have died down a little bit with phoenix being 11 and 14 at ninth position minnesota matching san antonio and portland with 10 and 15 records the east is looking top heavy just like the west with milwaukee pulling away with a 24 and 3 record and a plus thirteen point differential, making them by far the best team in the NBA so far. Surprisingly, they are followed by the Miami Heat with a nineteen and seven record, but with Philly close by with a twenty and eight in third. We then have the Celtics at seventeen and seven, followed by the Raptors at seventeen and eight, and then in sixth place the Pacers with an eighteen and nine record. Just like in the Western Conference, these top six teams are pretty much guaranteed their playoff spots and really with the exception of the Indiana Pacers, you have to expect all five top five teams to contend for a finals place. Wrapping up the top eight in the East are the Brooklyn Nets with a 14-12 and 12 record and then my Orlando Magic in the eighth spot with a 12-14 and 14 record. A fun stat about the Magic this year. They are eleven and three against teams below five hundred, but one and eleven against teams over five hundred. Unlike the West, there's not really as big of a battle for the bottom two spots, with Detroit in ninth at eleven and fifteen, Charlotte at ten with twelve and seventeen, and Chicago with a ten and eighteen record for the tenth seed in the Eastern Conference. King, aka Jay King, probably the best basketball player I know, personally, Um, I just want to take a second to introduce you guys, or let him introduce himself to the Players Club.
2: Yo, yo, what's good, Players Club, yo, I'm appreciative of my man Joe here, bringing me on the podcast, uh, real dope podcast about the best sport in the world, and again, I thank you for saying I'm the best basketball player that you know, that's... That's dope, that's dope to hear my dude You know what I mean Um, But yeah man, my name is Justin King People know me as J. King Uh, Back home, everybody call me J. King It's kind of the name My nickname in high school that I got Um, I currently play out here in Perth, Australia And with the Warwick Senators This will be my third season in the SBL Coming up with them I've played in Qatar I've played in Canada So, you know, basketball has brought me all around the world, you know, 29 years old. And, yeah, man, I couldn't be more happier, you know. I come from California. I was born in California. That's where all the family's at. And then I moved to Las Vegas in, like, middle school. Yep. So, around, like, I was 12 years old. We moved to Vegas, and I graduated high school from Las Vegas, and then so on from there, man. Just the start of the journey from there? That's the start of the journey, man. Shout-out to Cali. Shout-out to Vegas.
1: Nice, nice So Just we want to get a little bit more In depth in your story So just uh, When did your Love affair for basketball start? Who introduced you to it? What age? Right When did it ha- When did the basketball Love affair start?
2: Hey For me the basketball Literally As long as I can remember Yeah um, I can remember times And just stories from my mom and, uh, before dad, you even have memory, before I even have memory, they used to tell me about like when I was a baby. My my dad, which is my stepdad, but mm-hmm. my dad, um, he used to bring me because he used to play ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In California, and he used to bring me to this place called UCR, which is the University of California Riverside. Okay. And like him and his boys used to like hoop at the gyms up there, and uh, I used to just. From what I understood mm-hmm. I was a loud baby Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I was At the basketball court I was just quiet Yeah and All I did was like Just watch them play mm. And they used to come up to me And like You know Play with me and stuff And I would just watched them play While like Holding a basketball mm-hmm. And then at four years old My mom put me In the basketball league Um Cause she used to Always buy me like The um the toy rims and stuff, and mm-hmm. I would just, like, break them from, like, dunking on them. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, And, like, shooting on them and stuff. So, she put me in the league at four, and it, I've been in the league pretty much every year since then, man. Since four years since old? Since four years old. Wow, that's
1: crazy. So, if you started, if <clears throat> the basketball journey started at four, yeah, when do you think was the moment that you decided you wanted to make... Make basketball your career. When did you think that you wanted to do this for the rest of your life? Seeing as you know that was 25 years ago now, 26 right. years ago man. Right,
2: right. I would say probably in high school when. What age in high school? Like 15, 16 years old. Because as a kid, you know, you always say you want to be a bat. Like yeah, I, I always said, like I wanted to make the NBA and be a basketball player, mm. but. I think when I was in high school, about sixteen, maybe a little older than that, I'll say, I'll say my senior year in high school, so about seventeen years old, mm-hmm. and I start seeing players that are older than me that I knew start going to college and and so on, you know, and I knew that I was the route to go pro, whether mm-hmm. it be NBA or overseas. So once I start seeing older players go to college, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I want to go to college, and then put my work in to become a pro. Yeah. And I knew for me like I want to be a pro no matter what. Like at that time I was like whether it be NBA or overseas, that's what I want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so was there was there a moment when you realized you could make it a career like you said you were comparing yourself to players that were older yeah. than you? Right. Was it like a comparison thing where you said, "I'm just as good as that guy. Yeah. I can make it too." Or did you was it a specific game? Where you killed it and you thought, you know, this could be it for me. Well, like, for me, there...
2: like I always felt good enough. But I'll say my moment was when at my after my second year of junior college. So I was at this junior college in uh, just north of Seattle, Washington, called Skagit Valley Community College. Mm-hmm. And I had one. It's called the NWAC. Um, that's the league. It's not and, whack um, though, right? No, no, it's not <laughs> whack. It's a pretty solid league, you know, um, but it's junior college. Yeah. And I had got a junior college league MVP.
1: Cool, yeah. I averaged nice. like
2: 19 points, 10 rebounds, and we made it to like the national tournament. We ended up losing, but I was getting recruited by, you know, different universities and stuff like that. And I felt like...
1: And this was straight out of
2: high school? This was my second year out of high school. Mm-hmm. So... And I felt like um, I felt like that was a time Where I knew like okay if I go And then I signed to Thompson Rivers University Which is in Canada Mm -hmm. Um, And at that time I knew in myself That I can become a pro Like Mm -hmm. I'm at a university now If I do what I have to do here As far as stats wise Winning and all of that Put it together You Mm -hmm. know lift right You know continue Mm -hmm. to work on my game I can become a pro after university
1: yeah and so just to carry on from that like what sort of steps did you make at that point Mm. to take yourself from just a college student that was playing basketball to now somebody that was planning to make this a career like what did anything change in your preparation or in your work or even in just your mindset
2: that summer I lost weight and not in a bad way Mm. like so I lost weight I got like at that time The most fit That Like the best conditioning That I thought I can be in You know mm-hmm. what I mean Going mm-hmm. from junior college To university mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to And I became more of A better guard Like in junior college I was like a guard forward mm. You know And I had like pretty much I had good size on me In junior college But university In comparison got, to i Yeah you got bigger colleges, Faster yeah, players yeah, of And I'm more of a Shooting guard now You know what I mean
1: So now you're training more specifically for the shooting guard position yeah. and to be more of a yeah. combo guard yeah. as opposed to a combo forward guard exactly
2: because exactly. in junior college I played the three but I was still bringing the ball up and playing the wing position mm. but mm. and now at university level I'm playing specifically the two guard and mm. the one guard Yeah, you know what I mean setting up the offense uh, from time to time mm. so I specifically trained for that I specifically worked on like my agility my speed my explosiveness and all of that stuff, and my handle. Like, mm. I really worked on my handle and my shot from yeah. three. Yeah. Because also, there was a difference that I really looked at. That was a chance for me to prepare to be pros. Because, from people may not know this, but junior college, you play two two halves, 20 minutes, mm. 35 second shot clock. In Canada, in college university, they play four quarters, 10 minutes. 24 second shot clock mm, quick I was really intrigued About that Because I knew That was That was that's FIBA close, rules And that's, that's closer what, To the pros It's the same FIBA It's the same rules As here As, oh, as uh, in as, Australia As FIBA yeah, You know yeah, what I yeah. mean and That's yeah. You know That's the international Basketball game mm. So I was really intrigued By that So you know That made me That's work like Professional on my shot Yeah exactly Made me work on my shot the game is gonna be faster. Your shots have to be coming faster, especially as a number one option. Mm. So I really worked on that and and transitioning to university and yeah, man, and that's what I really focused on. And then by me focusing on that, I just took my game to a next level. I yeah. spent more time into the, in the gym working on my shots. Spent more time working out with different coaches, working on my handle mm. and and so on. And
1: with that, with that, like as you said now become now taking yourself to more Mm. a professional standard of practice and training where did that then take you at that point like okay you're in college in canada right but now you're in australia uh in your third year so what was the journey from that point from i want to be a professional i'm going to prepare myself professionally now to be an international right professional player so what? What then happened from from well, from Right Canada? after that,
2: I can say this: like just talking about my journey, like mm. I learned that I was moving too fast mm-hmm. in university because I ended up leaving that university mm. after one year, average like twenty three and ten and like three assists.
1: What was that? But was there any I reason specifically up, because of that?
2: Or? I ended up leaving because I th- I thought I was gonna go pro right after that year. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know the logistics behind everything. I didn't know mm. the politics behind mm. the professional. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? I didn't know the, I didn't know the business yet of mm. professional basketball. The so, ruthlessness of it. Exactly. So for me, I I ended up leaving school. You know, even though the head coach shout out to Coach Coach Clark Scott Clark at Thompson Rivers. We had a lot of meetings, and he was telling me to just stay one more year. But anyway. And was that your um,
1: junior year that you left?
2: yeah that'd be yeah. my junior year and so I, you had
1: one more year definitely
2: I had one more year and two more years in Canada because in Canada they give you five years oh okay so it was, it was dope but I had one more year yeah that I that I um could've stayed and, and played and like added on to my resume for college mm. and even got more experience but in saying that I ended up leaving you know things didn't really go my way but for me I learned a lot about the business you know what I mean like I ended up going back to school To Vancouver Island University But by that time I was already Like continuing to work on my game Mm. I stayed focused And I stayed And then that opportunity Of coming back to me To go back to school And play another year That's what I was going to say
1: So you uh, were able to keep Your eligibility Yeah I kept my
2: eligibility Because I didn't sign anywhere I didn't Mm. do anything professionally Yeah And uh yeah man i feel like that gave me the ultimate hunger like i sat out for like a year and a half okay that year and a half i was just at home Mm -hmm. training you know kicking it with the boys but i was like training still in the weight room and i was just like man like if i prepping for that next yeah and i was going to a lot of different like these things called like euro camps where you go you pay money and these dudes and they say that you're gonna be seen by this many scouts and Mm. And all that stuff, it's a lot of it, most of it is selling dreams and just taking your money. Yeah. You know, and it's a ton of them now out there in Vegas, even more than before. And yeah, so I um, had a lot of tryouts, and then I also had some things, which was the D League at the time, but now the G League. Yeah. I had a few stints with that that I was being promised from coaches but none of that stuff ever ever happened so I was learning politics in the basketball business while I was out of the game Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and that gave me a lot of fire to want to get back into the game and there was times where I felt like I should stop but then there was times where I was like I'm not you know what I mean I'm not gonna stop and that, that just gave me a fire then once the opportunity came to go back to school I knew for a fact that was my opportunity to get overseas or mm-hmm. get into the NBA or mm-hmm. whatever it may be to go pro. Like, yeah, and because I stayed on it, I stayed when when the when the call came to go back to school and hoop, I was in shape. I was ready. Yeah, and so it wasn't like call, get, it wasn't getting I, ready. No, I wasn't like out of shape and nervous. Like, oh, so when I got the call, then I even got in more shape before I got there. So even more the, prepared. Yeah, but
1: just going back uh, to those <clears throat> tough moments. Uh, I know you said mm. you were even more motivated by the time off, but were there any moments or any moment in particular where you kind of thought that maybe the dream was over and that maybe it might be time to get a real job, you know? Like maybe the, the basketball journey might have ended mm. at that point. There
2: was definitely some of those times during that time um, where I felt like that, and then I maybe had like some family maybe feeling like that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can tell you a time where I really felt like that. And so I went to Vancouver Island University. Mm-hmm. I played mm-hmm. one more year, mm-hmm. a year there. I got great accolades, MVP. We ended up getting, we. I got a gold medal for our conference championship. Mm-hmm. Silver medalist for the national tournament. Um, As in
1: the Canadian.
2: Canadian? Yeah, the Canadian league. Um, Silver medalist. We lost by six in the national championship. I was hurt. But after that season, I signed to play in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first pro contract, and I went out there. Who was that for? The Oakley Warriors in the Big V mm-hmm. in Melbourne. So that's like the
1: league below the NBL. Yeah. The so you got you, got, of SBL you got the right now,
2: NBL, then you got the NBL one, and then you got the Big V. So it's like it's like three or four different leagues in Melbourne, mm-hmm. but they're all pretty pretty good competition. Would you
1: rate it the same as the SBL here? In, or would you well, say Well the SBL that Big here v-
2: is the biggest league in WA Okay So it Big V isn't the biggest league in Melbourne Okay There is one above that Yeah this call, Well now they call it the NBL one Okay And that's the biggest league down there mm-hmm. But the Big V is still like a good Yeah A good solid league And that mm-hmm. was my first pro contract And I went out there and it really wasn't even like, as far as money goes, it wasn't really that much money involved, you know? But it was a chance for me. The I looked opportunity at it, was worth it for It you. was worth it, you know? Mm. I was like, this is my opportunity to start my professional resume. Mm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I did. And I led the league in scoring. And then the year after that, I ended up leaving that team. After that season, I didn't have a contract for, like, another year and a half, wow. almost two years, until I came to Perth, and that was the moment where I felt like, maybe I just need to give it up, and... Where
1: were you at job. this stage? So, you were in Victoria, contracts up, yep. you went back to Canada, you went I back went
2: back to, to Vegas, Yep. yeah, yep. yep. went back to Vegas, was living with mom and pops, and yeah, man, I was working at a bunch of different jobs, you know, doing, like, security, doing, working in, like, restaurants, mm. getting tips and stuff like that. So, at that time, you
1: were you did have a real I job. had a job, yeah. you
2: know, but I didn't like look at another career type job. I mm. was just like something little to fill hustle in the gaps. jobs, you know what I mean? While at the same time staying staying being fit. able to stay in shape, you know, and being I mean? able
1: to put and, in the time
2: and emailing like different agents and coaches and general managers all around the world, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. And um but that was a time where I really felt like, you know, maybe you should like get into something else. And I didn't know what I was going to get into, but you know, I definitely had those thoughts around that time and mm. it was a, it was a struggle mentally because uh, it was a time where yeah, I no, even talk to, that's when
1: the dream, you start yeah, seeing man. that dream crumble Talked to some of, of
2: my closest friends like, bro, I think I'm gonna hang them up and this and that and...
1: What age was this for you?
2: I was like 20, 26 mm. at this time.
1: Yeah. I think what, uh, <clears throat> some people I think struggle to realize with athletes it's that that moment when it's no longer in your control, like yeah. everything, everything that you did, you thought was the right thing, but then even still, you're not getting that result that exactly. you expect for the work, exactly, and for the time that you put for in. The, all the time you put mm. in,
2: bro. Like me, I felt like I was like, man, like I put in more than enough work. You know what I mean? And then when I go to these gyms, like in Vegas is a great spot in the summertime. Like every hooper, NBA, overseas, college. Like all the hoopers are in Vegas during the summer. So, like, the Vegas open runs, like, are crazy. You know what I mean? During the summertime. So, you playing against these high-level competition, and I'm still killing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still giving people work. You know what I mean? So, in my head, I'm like, I should be playing somewhere. These guys playing somewhere, and I'm still busting You're still them. here. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I should be playing somewhere, so.
1: And it was that kind of, like, where the politics kind of, slapped slapped you in the face a little bit it, again where you felt where, where you could see big time yeah, yeah where, big you can, time. where you can where you're starting to compare yourself with others in different positions and thinking mm. like how come they got the opportunity right you start
2: to do that <clears throat> mentally you know what I mean and mm. you start to second guess yourself cause you're like man I'm,
1: is there something wrong with
2: me you know what I mean am I you know like for me I always felt I was that good but then sometimes when you don't get that opportunity you just think but then also I'm just glad I stuck with it you mm. know I'm glad that I didn't fold I'm glad that I always stayed in shape so when the next call came again just like for Vancouver Island University mm. when the next call You're came ready for I was it. ready for it mentally physically spiritually mm. you know what I mean Yeah. I stayed focused on it
1: yeah cause at the end of the day even though there were those moments where you questioned yourself mm. you didn't try to let that no, I didn't that, let that doubt no. seep in too much I didn't let much. that take over me Oh. And maybe you know, just you try to use that for motivation even at I some use, point. Uh,
2: yeah, man, big time motivation. You know, like I'll be in the gym and then I just I use it as like me having a chip on my shoulder. Like mm. if I'm in the gym I'll be saying to myself, like, like wait until I can prove myself. Like mm. I'm a really you know what I mean, I'm gonna really set it in stone the next time I get to prove myself like while I'm lifting or while I'm shooting, like I'll say certain things of myself just to Even build the chip bigger You know Mm. what I mean Like that self-motivation Yeah, yeah,
1: of course That's one thing that I've noticed Throughout all sports No matter which great player it was They always find a way to create Yeah Create a friction in their life To create that motivation Whether it's uh, based on reality or not Or not, Because at the end of the day You need to find something That's going to drive you to be better You want that fire Yeah You know so, it's kind of like yeah. when
2: Kobe won I forget what interview it was But he had won a championship Or They had went up like 3-1 in a series Or something like that And he was doing an interview And he mm-hmm. was like He just had a straight face And the reporter was like Kobe like why do you Like why do you look mad Or like why do you look unhappy Like you're one game away From like your second or third championship Or maybe it was his fourth or fifth This was after Shaq mm. And um He was just like because you know the job isn't done. I'm not happy until you know what I'm, saying? Yeah. I'm actually holding up that trophy like I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm still uh, he just he's giving himself that extra motivation. Yeah. He's not settling just cuz he's up 3-1. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of like that when you just got that drive.
1: So uh, just to correct uh the king for a second there, that would have been Kobe's uh fourth championship against Orlando when he was up mm. 3-1. He was never up 3-1 against the Celtics, which he played (laughs) the following season, but we'll save that conversation for another day. Wow. But don't worry about that. Hey, those are some battles with the Celtics. Those are some crazy battles, but we'll get to that a bit later. See you later. Right before you got the opportunity to come to Perth, so just tell me about this opportunity that you have in Perth now. Yeah. How that came about, and just what's your thoughts about basketball being after being mm-hmm. in Australia and specifically in Perth for the last three years? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about basketball in Australia, and you know the people around basketball, the you know the the structure of basketball here. Right. Right. You know, right. being in and inside. One of the bigger clubs in WA.
2: Right. Well, I'll say this like, the moment I touched down in Melbourne, I respected the game of basketball out here because, similar to Perth, but even in a bigger way in Melbourne, like, each gym has, like, bro, like six to 12 full court basketball courts. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you got these big clubs that you don't see that back home you know what I mean like like back home everything is structured through high school then you have AAU Mm. and AAU teams travel they don't have like a club they're just based at Mm. you know like a building yeah so for me basketball in Australia like I I like that structure better almost kind of better than high school structure because I believe like year-round you get to play and then year-round like different players have an opportunity, to have more of an opportunity where you get cut from your high school team. You don't have a chance. You don't have that chance for half of the year until you get to AAU. You know what Um, I mean? Like, you can work on your game, but, I mean, you're not going to get a chance to be seen until you get to AAU. Where here, you got, you know, most of the year when you're playing and then you got, like, state champs. You got all these opportunities to kind of get in basketball. Instructured basketball. Instructured basketball to prove yourself, you know? So, in in regards to that, I like how you know, Australian basketball is set up for the youth like that. Mm. And, um, and then not only that, like, each club has professionals, whether they be local professionals or, or, or international professionals. Mm. Like myself, I yeah. can come in, I'm signed to the senators, but I also can coach the youth. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and even, it was even like that in Melbourne. Like, you have a lot of players, you know, doing extra things in their club. You know what I mean? And, and, those young those the youth get to see that and get to experience that and get to hear kind of like the stories of how to become a professional or how to become a good basketball
1: player kind of like an apprenticeship yeah. of sorts
2: you know what i mean mm. so like and, and you don't get that in the states like you don't get to meet professional i mean you do by, if you're you, only surrounded by you go young to people the, yeah if you go to the gym 24 finish, and you happen to see an nba player or overseas player there and then you talk to him but as far as but like even still, actually that, getting that, that conversation might that only be on, for 5 yeah, minutes right as far as getting that one on one training or doing a camp with an actual professional mm. from a different country getting that knowledge mm. of the game i feel like that's huge you know that's huge out here and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the, that's the biggest difference i noticed with basketball mm-hmm. from the states to our do, do you think
1: do you think in terms of that structure it can equip players a bit more to deal with the ups and downs of what's happening yeah. what is happening in America yeah. for basketball players so if, if you are a kid coming up from Australia who thinks he has the talent right. who thinks he has the ability that wants to give it a shot but then also maybe doesn't have the opportunity to go to high school in in America and right. will have to um, go through the structures of Australian basketball right? up until pe- before well, going to yeah, college
2: I think so just because like, if you get to learn from somebody that's been doing it, mm. I feel like that goes for anything. You know what I mean? If you get to learn from somebody that's been doing it and you take that information in and you apply it to yourself, mm. it can get you over a lot of hurdles and you can surpass certain pitfalls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where players yeah. back home, the players that aren't like on ESPN ranked in high school and all that, talk about myself to that. Like, I went through a lot of different pitfalls because I didn't know. The game. I didn't know how, you know, to prepare as a professional until I actually wanted to become a professional and I was doing my own thing. But then when I became a professional, you know, I started learning even more. Yeah, you know, and understanding that there's more to it than just playing. Players here, you know, you got players that grew up in a club. uh, Say a local player grew up in one club, and then they go to the NBL, but then they always come back to their club. after the the nbl season and they're doing coaching they're doing talks so these players get to hear that Mm. you know what i mean they get to they get to experience like what it's like and what not to do and what to do from an actual professional Mm. player whereas you know players in the nba it's harder to get a player in the nba like a lot of these dudes do go back to their high schools but Mm. not a lot of them don't you know Mm. what i mean and then there's only so many players from certain type different high schools that go back you know Mm, what I mean so the majority of kids coming up to play ball aren't getting that exposure to professionals
1: but then do you also think the downside of that is because the goal at that point in America is the NBA yeah if a player does come that's also in kind of your situation no disrespect to you but then the kids don't take much attention to it because their expectation is NBA, it's NBA, an NBA only. So yeah. anyone below that, they kind of scoff at and be like, "Oh, you don't, you're, not, you can't help me mm. achieve my dream."
2: I mean, I feel like in a way, yeah, then in a way, no, because I remember even when I was a kid, I used to like to just hear from like college players. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I yeah. was in high school, like, cause I wanted to go to college. You yeah, know, that's the. So there are, yes. So
1: there are people it. that don't just necessarily
2: bypass the college dream. Yeah, no, because and just only think about NBA. Yeah.
1: There are a bit of a, <clears> yeah. a wide variety. Because right we know back
2: something. home, we gotta get, we gotta get through college first, and then to the NBA. Mm. And then, like I said, if you're not ranked, like if you're not on these big rankings, like on ESPN or Rivals.com or or, or any of these sites then you know for sure that you got a few years of college, you know what I'm you saying, have before to. you can go pro, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. so... Like a pro scout's can, not looking you wanna, at you if you're not in the top 100. Right, right, so you want to hear from the guys that are... You want to hear from people that are successful at doing what you want to do, Yeah, you know what I mean, and yeah. a lot of times we don't get that. Like we didn't get that opportunity too much. Exactly, whereas here... You know, not every club has the big NBL star, but then there's a lot of clubs who do have those NBL guys, or even some guy that's even to like Europe? SBL, like yeah. like guys that play SBL, like that's a pro level. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't have we don't have that type of level in America. Like we have the G League, you know what I mean? But, but the, the G, G League, League players is taking,
1: taking players from all around the from world, all man.
2: around the world, and you know they're still focused on trying to get. To the, NBA to the NBA or and stuff produce like that. players for the NBA, you know. So it's not it's not the same to where you know you got these clubs out here that have that. You know you got the SBL guys that can still come in, and talk to them like, look, mm. this is how you prepare on a daily basis. You know you can have a game on Friday, then you go coach and talk to the kids on Monday. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think so also, I just think that that is the biggest difference, mm. you know. And it, when it comes to the youth, I feel like it's it's real beneficial. You know, to it gives you that route. Like, if you want to be a pro in Australia, you know you can get to a certain level. You can play. Say when you're in WA, you can play SBL. Mm. You play good here. You go to NBL. Then you play good in NBL. You go. To you NBL. go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean. There's so, a possibility. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And then you can have a career, a good career in the SBL. Like you know, these players are still getting paid. You know what I mean. Like a lot of these players may have jobs. Also, but then yeah, subsidize subsidizing, subsidizing that job, you know yeah. What I mean, exactly. making extra money half of the year to play basketball, yeah. And that's free you know? money, really. If that's you're a basketball money. player, like, if,
1: uh, there's a lot of people, me personally, that would love to get paid for playing
2: basketball, yeah. You know, it's like you know what we would call a side hustle, mm. like for a lot of these guys, you yeah, know? Nah, and, for sure. And then a lot of these guys still have the opportunities to go to that higher level of the NBL. Mm you know so I so, think that's dope I yeah. think the pipeline is, is good here. is there
1: so just uh, to finish finish up your story but just to continue on with what you're saying just uh, would you have any advice for any young ballers coming up from Perth or anywhere in Australia or even in America because yeah. I think you know hopefully this podcast can get out to oh, some definitely. players out in America too so it'd be like is there anything that you would give like in terms of something specific even in considering how much work they have to do but even in something more broad in terms of mapping out your dreams or mapping out your ideas in Mm. terms of what steps you want to take right and what steps to take to make a career out of basketball if you're at that sort of athletic ability
2: yeah um i would say man for one i would say follow your heart and follow your desires so if that is your if that is your dream if that is your desire is to be a professional basketball player Or yeah. a professional athlete in general Like follow that Don't let any of the outside noise Or even the negative inside thoughts mm-hmm. Get to you I you think that's I mean? just as dangerous like, yeah, Exactly you know. and it is Don't let that get to you to where it's going to derail you From following that path mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day That's what's going to give you the most joy And then what with saying that While you're following that You have to work twice as hard you know what I mean? Like, if you want to be a professional basketball player, you got to know there's millions yeah. of kids out here much, that yeah. want to play and be on a professional level anywhere in the world. Mm. You know what I mean? So you have to put in that work twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Yeah. You know, and it's not just on the court. Like, you got to be strong. You got to get in the weight room. You got to watch the game as much, as, almost as much as you play it. Yeah. You know, and I feel like Make that's your one life. Of the, Yeah, I feel like that's... That's underrated. You know what I mean, like
1: the understanding of the game. The
2: understanding of the game. The more you watch it, the more you notice how players move. The more you are gonna notice what players are gonna do off yeah, the ball the and where in- they're gonna be on yeah. the court. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So like, that's a lot of thing. When I coach, I tell players that like like watch more basketball. You know what I mean. Like see, but not necessarily highlights. Not, and no, things don't like watch that. the highlights. Don't watch the cool stuff. Watch like you can game. watch that to be inspired, but. Watch the actual game. See what players are doing off the ball. You know, see how players are setting up a screen or how they're getting o- open um, from off from the, the block all the way up to the three-point line. You know, see how players are setting up to take a charge or on how they're uh, positioned on defense. You mm. know what I mean? Like, those little things, you know? And then, yeah, then like I said, like, put in the work. Like, go get your shots up. Practice makes. Don't just go to the gym and shoot around. Like actually, practice makes like you should leave the gym at least with a 200 makes at the minimum. Mm. You know what I mean? And
1: before even thinking about leaving the gym, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. You know what I mean? Like before you even don't just a lot. I see a lot of kids today, and this goes for here and at home, to where they just go in the gym and they just shoot around, they play around, and they think they're putting in work. You know, and it's like putting in work is actually being a shot maker not a shot taker so mm. when you go in the gym you're counting your makes you're not counting how many shots you get up. yeah how so, many makes did you get yeah up, so you know? when you
1: hear somebody say i put up a thousand shots today that doesn't necessarily mean doesn't anything necessarily mean anything even though that's work on, yeah. If you
2: put a thousand shots up you should at least have a few hundred makes mm. you know what i mean but you should say i put in a you know 500 makes up to that. Mm. you know what i mean that and should be what you're saying that's what's going to translate to your game that's what's mm. going to translate to practices that's what's going to translate to when the lights are on you know what i mean the yeah. fans are out there then it's going to be you're just going to be in harmony with it you know mm. what i mean you don't have to think much because you've put in so much work yeah you know you've put in all these hours so now it just comes to you naturally once you get on the court and you and that's how you have fun with it when you don't have fun with it is when you haven't put in the work and you're on the court and now there's a million different thoughts in your head. Yeah. What should I do next? Because yeah. you haven't put in the work. You mm. know what I mean?
1: And then that point, that's when the questioning starts. And, and that's, I think it, that's it,
2: Exactly. And then that's when you end up giving up. You know? Mm. So, like, you know, put in the work and ask for advice from players that you see are better than you. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if they're the same age as you. Yo, what do you do? Younger than you. You know year. what I mean? Like, yeah. how... Who do you train with? Can I come train with you? If you see a guy at your gym that's played overseas or if you're in Australia, he's played in the NBL, NBL or the Big V or the SBL, you know what I mean? Ask those players how they got to that level and apply it right away to yourself. You know, if they say, hey, man, this is what I did in the weight room. This is what I did with my shots on a daily basis. Take that aboard and apply it, apply yeah. it to yourself.
1: So don't stop learning, even no, though you no. think you Continue. might be able to... Even
2: myself, play. I'm still learning. Like I was mm. talking to you before we started this mm. podcast. I'm listening to the Gilbert Arenas podcast. And he's up my uh, regiment. You know what I mean? What I do in my offseason, mm. I'm doing more because I learned from him yeah. what he did when he was in the NBA. Because now you're seeing you know the I mean? standard
1: in terms of what's expected just to be just to be a... Decent player in the NBA, in the but NBA, now a great you know what player what I mean? is telling you the work that he put in. Exactly. So if you have an intention of being great in whatever position you exactly. are, you have to expect to be able you to put to in that. that same sort of work you to know? get any sort of exactly. result. Exactly,
2: and have the humility of, of, of asking mm, people. That's You good. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like don't like I don't care how good you are. I don't think you're too good to not learn.
1: You yeah. Know? Like, you never, you're never too old to learn. You're
2: never too old to you're learn. Never you're too never good too to good to learn. Yeah, you know. So that'll be my. LeBron thing. has
1: a trainer, by the way.
2: LeBron. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron has all a trainer, time, man. On Harden his has a trainer. Body, everything.
1: Everyone has trainers. Like everyone has somebody around them that's smarter than them. Exactly. One particular thing. Exactly. So if you. have if you already, and this doesn't matter what it, what position you're in, right. what occupation you're doing. Right. If you think you know everything, then you've already kind of given up at you, that point done. because you're never gonna get better never. if you're just gonna stay in the same position yep. you're
2: at. So. And the last thing I would say is just never give up. You know, yeah. Like uh, push through all the all the failures, all the losses. All the times, if you didn't make a shot that game, don't go home and beat yourself up and say you're gonna quit. Like, just you know, keep at it, keep getting better, and yeah, man, just don't give up and take recovery serious as well. Like, yeah, you know, okay, a lot of Reco- young kids don't you know, stretch or don't ice or whatever, but take it serious even while you're young for that long game, right? That longevity, like, if you do become a pro. You know, you're going to understand, like, what you did when you were younger is going to help you out. Even, like, players today in the NBA, they're talking a lot about that. Like, yeah. how there's too many high school and AAU games. Now you got guys like Zion. Yeah, right now, I was going to say that's a he's perfect example because right he didn't look after his gets, body. A lot of them, man. How many injuries do we have in the NBA now? Mm, there you know? too many of them. Because they're not being taught when they're in high school and AAU the about importance. recovery. Like, they should be stretching before the game. Then you should stretch after the game as a team you know and it's good that it's being brought up now but it's but it's had to be brought up because players have to be hurt mm. you know so i just want it's to like say it's like a reaction like be proactive about yeah. it rather
1: than waiting for that yep. serious injury don't yep. wait for the acl don't wait for until
2: you decide to start stretching it. and icing and taking the right stuff you know like taking the right supplements and stuff like that like do it now and yeah man never give up
1: never give up words of wisdom from the king himself (laughs) but we didn't just come here to talk about your story we also wanted to talk a little bit about the nba so just after this quick break we're going to get into the nba this season everything that's happened mr king's going to tell you about his team they're doing pretty well at the moment
0: what's it
1: team in the West your team the Lakers how you feeling how's things what are you thinking about LeBron's second season what are you thinking about AD's first season
2: first off I want to say it's tough for me to say the Lakers are my team Mm. but LeBron is my guy and I do want LeBron to win so I guess by default
1: by default it's your team
2: but I did grow up hating the Lakers
1: hating the Lakers my apologies so you're, you're just a current fan for right now.
2: I'm a, yeah, yeah. I can say that, and I like the pieces they put mm. put around LeBron this year. Like I really am. Like I love Danny Green ever since he was in North Carolina and they won a championship.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. I'm a North, I am a North Carolina fan, college basketball. Mm-hmm. So I will just throw that out there. But love Danny Green. I love Rondo. I love AD. I love really that team. You know mm. what I mean? So Yeah, it is but, a good team. And then Dwight too. Dwight, you know. So, I think... I, I just think that they're, they're honestly working together faster as far as chemistry than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it would take them a little bit before their chemistry gets to how it is now. They look like they've been playing together for like two years.
1: Bro. AD and LeBron look like they, they've been playing together forever.
2: It's seamless, bro. Like, they're out there... Then, you know, it was a, another surprise to me. I know he was decent and athletic, but Alex Caruso is like... White, white mamba? Bold bro. mamba, sorry. <laughs> the bold mamba? The, the bold
1: mamba they're calling him. Bro, he's Ten a hopper, man. And
2: he, and he, but he plays his role perfect. Like, perfect. He hustles on defense. He's all around the court. He Tri- finishes at the rim with explosiveness. You Every know what chance I mean? he gets. Um, like I said, great defender. They just have the right pieces around... LeBron and AD You know what I mean And they got the shooters I just I just like I just like their chemistry Right now You gotta respect
1: Their coaching staff Ex Magic coach Frank Vogel Pacers Was horrible horrible for us Oh and Pacers too But Magic as well Yeah Um, Was horrible for us Wasn't sure how He was gonna make it As LeBron's Latest coach But uh I saw a clip The other day of LeBron coming to the sideline and just you know giving him a tap on the yeah. tap on the butt yeah and the way Vogel's face lit up <laughs> it was like one of those moments where you think that maybe there's like a respect level enough even yeah. even though it is early days still yeah. I think that's really important for uh, LeBron led team for that for that respect to be had with the coaching staff because you know in his past it's been proven that LeBron can take over the building
2: yeah from top I to think, bottom. I think LeBron, I think he's taking a different approach than he has before. He's mm-hmm. showing, because he's, he's really taking like that. He's always been a leader. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say like he's just now doing it. But he's taking more of a leader approach as far as like I'm buying into not only to what I want to do. And what I can me. do. And exactly. And what I can do, but to what the coaches want. Mm. You know, I'm a respected head coach. And I'm going to respect my teammates If they need something else from me I'm going to respect what they have to say Because I heard there's a report out that You know Danny Green was saying That LeBron listens Like in the film room Mm -hmm. Like he listens to like When players are not like Calling him out in a negative way But like look hey LeBron you could be doing this better Or hey I was open over here Or hey we need you to be more aggressive here Like he's saying like For him to be LeBron in year 17, like, he's open to that. Like, he Mm. wants that. He wants to hear that from his teammates. You know what I mean? And I think, like, when you're a guy like LeBron and then you're the other guys on the team, but you see that, it's easy to follow suit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, well, if LeBron's doing this and he's listening to the coaches and he can take criticism.
1: And this is, like, one of the greatest players to ever uh, play. To ever
2: play, then I can do that. And... That's, I feel like that's a big part of like why they're And that like adds play. to that
1: team culture exactly. as well. So and then
2: it gives KD, I mean, not KD, AD, also that confidence to where it's like, damn, if this is how LeBron's approaching the game, this is how I need to approach the game for now and the rest of my life Imagine
1: career. if Anthony Davis gets on that LeBron program.
2: He's, and I feel like he's on it. And that's why we're seeing like he just had 50. <laughs> you know 50 what I mean? 50 points for fun. He just had 50, you know. I think he might. 40 in
1: 20 minutes earlier on in the season. I
2: think when the season finishes, it's going to be him and Giannis for the talk of the MVP. Yeah.
1: So I said on uh, episode one, I thought Anthony Davis was going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And we're just looking at the the blocks list at the moment. He's leading the NBA. He's coming second, Mm. pardon me, in the NBA, but not by much in blocks. Uh, He's, also, and
2: if I'm not he's mistaken. also
1: 27.7 points 9 rebounds You know his 3 point percentage Is a bit weak but At the end of the day he's not really that Important of a 3 point shooter For this team no. when you've got Danny Green When no. you've got Troy Daniels off the bench You've I still mean. got Kuzma shooting You've still got LeBron Taking 3's
2: when you're shooting 33% for his position, that's mm, not bad. That, and then 87% from the free throw. And to touch on what you just said about defensive player of the year, he's averaging one and a half steals with 2.7 blocks.
1: That's And there was a play um, against Denver. I think um, at, at this time now, it would have been the, not their last game, the game before that. Um, he's... Not against, pardon me, not against Denver, but against the Jazz where he goes up for a block, mm. gets shot faked. The guy steps to the left to take the shot. AD recovers and blocks it from behind. Yeah, And um, I don't think uh, the casual fan will understand how difficult that is. But then I don't think you understand how difficult that is to be averaging 27 points and be the focal point on the offensive end but then to also put in that work on the defensive end at that same time. Man, So bro, when I mean you add that to LeBron's added defensive intensity this year, it's, it makes a lot more sense that the Lakers are winning a lot of their games yeah. with defense this year.
2: And I think that goes back to Vogel too. He's a good defensive coach. Yeah, and that
1: goes back to the structure of the coach gave, and respecting the exactly. coach.
2: And he gave LeBron and uh, D-Wade in the heat. Some problems when they used to face each other with the Pacers, you know? And, and
1: that was just based on defense. That was just, just based a, on D. Like so. that Pacers team was really good, an up an up and coming team, but really kind of flawed offensively in the same sort of token that these Lakers are. Yeah. At the moment. But obviously when you've got LeBron and A D, you cannot there's only so bad that Man. you can be, even yeah. just as a minimum. But but I just want to just take a second To give a big shout out to my boy Dwight Howard Dwight Howard has been One of the biggest surprises for me Personally one of my favorites Growing up And it was kind of sad to see him fall off I think it was something like Five teams in four years And all the team Every single team weren't Really looking to pick him up And even still more so looking forward To get rid of him and for him now to be a one part of their center tandem with another sort of outcast in Javel McGee. Right. You know, AD doesn't want to play center because that's obviously a longevity thing. But to have those two working to, in tandem, pretty much playing 20 minutes a game each, you know, almost averaging, both of them almost averaging a double-double, both of them getting a block and always providing that, defensive center at all times for the Lakers is just you know also propelling them to this best record in the West and I think and that was one of the more underrated signings when they lost to Marcus Cousins because they were obviously expecting a lot of contributions from him
2: and the thing is they signed him they signed a hungry Dwight Howard that wanted to prove you know what I mean? he wants to prove himself. Mm. You know, and I feel like kind of even with like Rondo t- as well. You know, mm. he still wants to prove himself mm. as a championship player. Yeah. But specifically Dwight, like like you say, he's been bouncing around the league. And when he left LA the first time, mm. it was Wrong, a lot of negativity. Terms. You know what I mean? And the fans didn't like him. You know, Kobe didn't didn't too much like him as mm. a player. Mm. So. You know, and Fanstar he was just like a cupcake type of guy. Yeah. You know, like always smiling. If things go wrong, he's Didn't still actually care. kinda smiling mm. and so now he's got that he's got that role to where he can just be really what he what makes him great, a mm. defender and a rebounder. Defender and a rebounder, you know what I or a role mean? man on that pick. And
1: Still can dunk the ball. Still, still can, can catch dunk, the ball at the still circle. Still
2: catching the gla- catching uh, blocks off the glass. Oh man, he looks in the best shape. You know what I mean? He looks ex- so, he, oh, he he looks better than run. when he was younger. Him, McGee, and AD man, like that's gonna be tough to deal with. Like in a seven s- games. You see,
1: you see them. W- if you have two of them on the court at the same time you, you're you not going to get any easy layups and at the same time AD is the perfect power forward for this NBA because he can shoot the three and you have to respect him all the way out to the three point line but as well unlike the other halfway centers power forwards or even small forward power forwards mm-hmm. the, these hybrids he can take you off the dribble but then post you straight up and then beat any man on the block if you leave him one on one nice. so I think they've just made it They've created this team in a way That kind of goes against Where the NBA is going In terms of small ball yeah. But I think they have the perfect player And I think this is why LeBron Pretty much asked them to trade to, The whole tra- team yeah. for this guy yeah. Because He's um,
2: He's seen. He's a, he, I mean I think LeBron's the highest IQ In, in NBA history mm. So you know He's seen this before it happened man
1: yeah, and I think uh, going back to your to your point about your story and about the adversity that you faced, and um, how that drove you and gave you that motivation to succeed even more. I think what makes this uh, what makes this Lakers team even more special is they've got a lot of players that yeah. face that adversity exactly. in one way or another, exactly. in all sorts of different situations and scenarios. That are driving them. So, like, firstly, LeBron with his season last year. Yeah. He keeps talking about washed king. Yep. Like, even though it is a bit of a repetitive sort of theme that he's doing, that is still major motivation because you got to remember, all of last year, he went from being the best player in the NBA to now people questioning him. Yeah, man. Which is crazy. But had nothing really to do with him. Which is crazy. Then you got AD who everyone questioned him and his ability because he always played on a team that never did well. He was always injured, never yep. on TV, so then no one saw him. But then also you got to understand when a team trades all these picks and all these young players for you and then question you and say was it worth it? You know, you got to come out and show them proof. You got to prove, it, man.
2: You got to prove it for a full season full and season, for the playoffs.
1: And like, you know, at the end of the day, he's 20 something games in. I think he's more than oh, shut yeah. up the doubters oh, in that yeah. scene. And then, you know, when you add D Howard to it, you add Javel, you add Rondo. Yeah, man. You know?
2: There's Jared good.
1: Dudley's coming in, he's trying to prove something. Hey, Jared
2: Dudley is the perfect veteran guy to have on that team.
1: Mm. So
2: I, Yeah. Jared Dudley, Rondo, those guys are perfect, like veterans who've been who's been around for a long time. Uh, both also high IQ players. Mm. you know between LeBron and Rondo those might be the two highest IQ players in the yeah, game yeah they probably know you every know single I mean? play from like, every single season
1: <laughs> like when you're going back mm. to the critic, uh, um, Danny Green's comments about yeah. LeBron taking criticism you gotta understand this is a man who's taking criticism about a play that he remembers specifically mm. uh, can name every play from almost every game he's ever played yeah. and Rondo's just the same so That intelligence shouldn't just be disregarded and to have both of them on the court at the same time with players as talented as, you know, Dwight, even though he's older, but more importantly, Anthony Davis and like just another little fact that I think hasn't been talked about. Anthony Davis had his best season for New Orleans that one season Rondo played with them.
2: Yep. He did. So he did.
1: That had to have played a part with them bringing Rondo back, and then now obviously Rondo being back from injury, you have to obviously expect.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Games like today, where you see AD just absolutely dominating, and nah, doesn't bro. look like there's anyone that could even stop him, there's even not, in the slightest. And today not, was against Carl Anthony Towns, so yeah, you know you, gotta, to expect, you gotta expect you gotta expect Carl Anthony Towns to do something, but he can't, bro. No one can really.
2: Nobody has this drive right now that these guys, the Lakers have, man. And it's just, I feel like it's just going to continue. It's going to continue to develop, man. I feel like even right now they're at a further, because everybody talks about the top two teams being the Clippers and Lakers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're... Clippers are really good. Don't get me wrong, but I feel mm-hmm. like they're just a lot. They're more ahead right now, yeah. As far yeah. as chemistry goes, yeah,
1: yeah. I think obviously the Clippers have having having a bit of a studded. Start to the season, yeah, with obviously Paul George coming back and the Kawhi in and out of the team. But I think for sure, even though it was my prediction, I think it will be a, an LA, yeah, conference final. And pretty much, as even though I said I believe the Lakers are going to go through from the West, I think it's going to be a lot, it's going to have to go to a game seven. Yeah. So if it goes to a game seven, really, you have to expect. Yeah, anyone yeah. can have a chance at that
2: point. Anybody can. Anybody can. But it then... Is, it is Bron. Mm, but playoff Bron's Bron, there, hey. Bro, playoff Bron is, I a, is a I can't <laughs> wait to see him. I can't wait to
1: see him. I can't wait to see playoff people Bron... People forgot about playoff Playoff Bron. AD. Because that's going to be something. That's going to be, like... People are going to compare that to Kareem and Magic Johnson. Like, obviously, you can't really compare anyone to those two, historically. But I think the way LeBron's been I think he more than more than matches either of them and I think if we give Anthony Davis this opportunity to be on a good team and be on the main stage and show his talent in the big moment I think you're gonna have to start comparing him to somebody as talented as Kareem because in terms of skill and ability Anthony Davis should be one of the greatest players on both sides of the floor yeah and that's I think what People are gonna start understanding as the season goes along, yeah. is how truly talented he is on both sides, and then when you add, as we said probably earlier before the podcast, the greatest point guard in NBA history, NBA history. LeBron James LeBron on the same James. team, orchestrating everything. You know you've got Jason Kidd on the bench as an assistant coach. You know
2: that's huge too. That's huge.
1: You know you really gotta. You know, Jason
2: it, Kidd has been there. You know what I mean. He's been the finals. He's been around the, the block in the, every way. Lost the, finals. Yeah, he's one of the best players in NBA history. Another uh, one of those smart people. Point guard, so he sees the floor differently. Like players like LeBron, AD, Rondo, all these players are gonna respect somebody like that. So it's the perfect person to have behind Vogel and to have that voice be, behind what Vogel is saying and behind and to get players to buy in. To what they're trying to Mm,
1: do And I think it's just The way they've set it up this year In comparison to last year Where they took that leap of faith With all the young players Was there wasn't any structure Or there wasn't really a goal
2: And I never seen any I didn't see anything blossoming Out of Lonzo Ball and and That was just my opinion Even though Mm. everybody else Seemed to like think That uh, Lonzo Ball was the next big thing I didn't think he had the NBA game Mm-hmm. that was going to translate that well because, you know, point guards, you got to be, as much as you have to be a passer, you have to be a good scorer in today's po- game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you can't spread the floor and, and give you 15 to 20, at least 15 to 20 points a game. At least the threat of that. Yeah, you're not, you're not a good, you're, you're not a starting NBA point guard. And that's just how I saw it. I never thought he was a bad player, but mm. I didn't think he was that next player. Mm. I just... But I, I think a lot of
1: the a lot of the hope came from the draft status, the fact that there were such high draft picks, and the expectation yeah. no, is the for expectation, that regular yeah. progression the in terms of a linear yes. sort of progression. And then, okay, now you add the greatest player in the NBA to the team, who have who we both agree yeah. could or should be when, the greatest point guard ever. So now it's the expectation of okay, now you got to take your game to the next. Next yeah, level, and
2: none of those players had that experience. LeBron wasn't going to win. I don't think players. that
1: was fair to just expect them to have that nah, result, but I nah. think it's nice for Brandon Ingram at least that he's now getting the opportunity to show his skill and he's his been talent balling, now. Bro. Because
2: the eye has been proving me mm, wrong a little bit,
1: yeah. Well, sure. me too. I, I thought uh, Lonzo would have was the best player in that trade, but unfortunately, triple B's is on hold at the moment.
2: Well, not really. You know, LaMelo out here cooking, man. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, the little, the youngest brother, watching that, watching that family kind of blossom as everyone yeah, did, yeah. you know, I definitely didn't assume this young kid was going to be the, the better out of the three, but he's coming through next there, year.
2: It was always there, man. It was always there. He was just always that He was always, the thing about Hoops is if there's like brothers or like the little homie, th- the youngest one's always gonna be better because
1: he's, he's gone through
2: it all. With he's that. seen it all, and he's gone through it all. He's been playing at a older age. He's been playing against older since people, he was twelve. Since he was twelve, eleven, twelve years old. Yeah. you know what I mean. Playing varsity in high school, mm. playing AAU, at playing the same on the street ball
1: too. Street
2: ball games yeah. with adults as well. Yeah, so it's like you know and he was getting buckets you know and he was just learning through all those ups and downs so mm. those you know, trials he, he, had,
1: he had he had a bit of a crazy he, upbringing yeah but then that's also put him in a position now where he's seen so many different types of exactly. defenses he's seen so many different types of players in terms of physicality just even preparation yeah. being around different sorts of. he's
2: another one of those special players with a really high IQ mm. You know what I mean? Like, the kid can pass out this world. He knows where players are without, like, he got eyes in the back of his head. You know, he's out here, he's 18 years old. He just had back to back triple double in the NBL. What? (laughs) What? You You don't have, and I
1: think what people got to understand is that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because the game just doesn't allow it. It's not. It's not that type of game. Mm. It's not that type of game where you get enough shots or you get enough opportunities just to get 10 assists yeah. on a regular or even 10 rebounds as a guard because of the fact that there's always big yeah. big men in the lane. Yeah, man. And they want their stats too. So they're not giving up rebounds. It's crazy. So,
2: He's ready, bro. I think he should be the number one pick. I don't know. It's early
1: days, man. There's a few, there's a few other players that I like. There's a guy, Georgia...
2: George Anthony um, Edwards
1: Anthony Edwards yep he's no. like they're calling him he's, little mini
2: Harden when it comes to pure offensive package scoring <sighs> he looks good with he has ball. it and he, and he has the NBA he body he has that already. body
1: he's like 6'4 six, 6'5 six, yeah. built like a monster truck. I got
2: him and Melo in one and two mm. I got Mel- Melo number one and then I got Anthony Edwards going number two mm. my, and
1: Wiseman yeah. Wiseman that was, Wiseman's my guy I mentioned him in the first podcast he's yeah. a Seven one or seven two center that just moves. Yeah. He moves like Karl Anthony Towns. He he could play defense like Joel Embiid. Yeah, like he can. He's a do it all center. That's like perfect for the NBA right now. The problem is he's got in trouble with taking yeah. some money. He has should, to he be suspended be out here. of games. He should be in. The, yeah, he should have came to Australia and getting yep. paid. Yeah, but he went to the. He went to Memphis but thankfully he's going to come back so we're going to get to see him play but there are actually a few players in the in college at the moment that I think will make an impact but I think even just the rookie class this year if we can transition a little bit Yep. John ja Morant, what are your thoughts? He's I don't know I know you heard the last podcast and my little love letter to him. What are you thinking in terms of what you've seen as a as a guard? Yeah. Especially my thing My big thing with him Is as a rookie point guard You don't expect these guys To make an impact Even though it is On a young team And an up and coming team Yeah I think his success right now Has really he's kind nice. of Blown my mind
2: He's nice bro uh, I will say He's Exceeded expectations Even though he had A lot of high expectations But he's exceeded them I think As far as just like Being able to handle That The, the pressure Of having the expectation You know mm. what I mean mm. And I feel like a lot of times players they have those expectations and then they put a lot on themselves. So then mentally they kind of their game doesn't show because mentally they're starting to they're starting to crumble a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we'll see as the season goes on. It's a long season for rookies, mm. but um, yeah, because it is, there's always that rookie wall. Yeah, they then he's been given the opportunity because their team is is kind of is kind of trash. Mm. You know what I mean? So he has the ball in his hands. All game, and but he's been making the right decision as we're looking at here. He's averaging seven assists to only 2.7 turnovers, so that's really you know good for a mean? first that's, year player, you that's know. That's great, you know. And then he's, I've even watched him at the end of games against a lot of good teams mm. making he the makes right play, big plays. He makes the right play, you know what I mean? So he's, a, he's another whether guy it's a pass or a with shot, a good high IQ, and he wants the ball. Mm. That's another good sign when a, when a player wants the ball in their hands at the end uh, at the end of the games that shows that they have extreme confidence that shows that as they continue to develop they're going to continue continue to develop a, a killer mindset you mm. know what I mean mm. uh, I'm gonna finish the game type yeah. mindset I can be the franchise yeah. player you know so that for, like, that GM and the owner. They're looking at John Moran like this is... This is booked. That's one position. That's one position locked in for the next 15 years. As a rookie, that's what you want to prove. But then, you know, as they say in the NBA, you got the sophomore slumps, you Mm. know? So we'll see how it goes on for him. But he's been one of those guys kind of like a... Luca who's having a good rookie mm. year and I think will have an even better sophomore We're year sophomore he'll yeah. understand the We're game understanding. Even understanding
1: more. the game even more. Yeah. And uh, just on just um, I wanna bring back what you mentioned before about the fact that he wants the ball at the end of the game mm. and to kinda bring this conversation full circle to another second overall draft pick that we mentioned, Lonzo Ball. Same position, same sort of high expectations, mm. but you can see the difference in their approach. As a point guard where Lonzo kind of, even though it's not his personality to be that ball stopper and keeper, which is good in a way, but he also shies away from the ball leading to the end of the game And and not necessarily because of that point guard mentality where he wants to get everyone involved, but it's because of his ability to the fact that he can't make a shot. One That's on the one, thing. he can't. And then he can't if he kick. goes into the lane and he gets fouled, he can't make that free throw. Exactly. He doesn't have that confidence. So everyone already knows if he's driving, he's driving to pass. Yeah. So then they're just gonna let they're him just, off. They just let him. And then even still, he doesn't have the. Even though his confidence in his shot is coming up, they can still give him that space yeah, because I he's space. a more dangerous driver because of his pass and kick, yeah. uh, uh, dribble drive, yeah. kick it out. But if you just take that away from him, really, he doesn't have anything. Whereas with Ja, he's showing his three-point shot is hitting already.
2: He's
1: at 41%, 41%, which is over and above his expectations. So you have to respect him, even to a certain extent, to put a little bit of pressure. But Mm. his first step is amazing. He passes with his left and his right hand, so he's... (laughs)
2: He's passing he the package, is amazing. Bro. He has the package of a superstar point guard.
1: So how I how I try and compare him is he's kind of like I wanted to say he's kind of like a Steve Francis but mixed with Chris Paul. Mm. In a way that, that is he, a
2: great comparison.
1: He thinks, he thinks about the game obviously. I can't compare him to Chris Paul now because Chris Paul's like a professor. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of the way he plays and gets everyone involved, is the way that I remember Chris Paul was like that's when so he first came out. Yeah, you know, like giving everyone energy. The team was, yeah. even though like you said, the team's trash. They're still, they're still with a 16, 6 and sixteen record, which is for a team like this. You gotta expect that that's over and above expectations. Thinking that they would be on the bottom yeah. of the Western Conference but then when I mentioned Steve Francis I'm sure you remember him he just he played he always played like he always seemed like he played the way he wanted to play so he'd take somebody on take somebody on boom boom get to the rim dunk it on somebody exactly and when he had his full health and you know he was on his game 100% he was an amazing player a a nice crazy mix of athleticism at point guard yeah. That you don't really see, and I think that's no. what Ja, ja Morant's bringing, but then obviously with that mind,
3: no, I, can see,
2: that, I can see that comparison. Yeah, the, the athleticism and the physicality of a uh, Steve Francis, and then a mind, yeah, of uh, a like young Chris Paul. Chris Paul yeah, you know, I like that. And I think,
1: because uh, what I was reading about him, and I think what's underrated is that that passing with both hands, mm. being able to pass with both hands, like going back to what you were saying. When you were uh, given that advice to the kids about watching the yeah. game, yeah. I think when you just if you're just reading and you're learning the ba- uh, game of basketball through stats, it's hard to kind of tell what a player is good at. Yeah. But if you start watching them, you start realizing not that many people can pass from just be, their left yeah, hand. The
2: intangibles,
1: and then having that op- having that skill puts a defender off now because if you can pass with both hands, that means your life to. You're you can, able to pass With whichever court. hand yeah. You can dribble off your left exactly. Or you can pass off. Whereas if you're somebody That's only known to pass With your right If you're dribbling the ball On your left hand The they're defender gonna knows you. They're
2: going to push you left
1: They're going to push you left yeah. So that's one thing Easier for them to think about And I think As he progresses Obviously his game Is going to get better And we have to assume In every way So that's why Like for me That's why I'm jumping On that bandwagon now no, I hear And you. I'm telling people You know Get on the bandwagon before, it's too late. Like, I've tried to put people on game with Lamar Jackson, you know, yeah, a yeah. little bit of an NFL side uh, sidetrack, but he's starting to uh, blossom now, and I feel like it's the same sort of situation with, with Jar, uh, Because yeah. he was like what you were saying, he wasn't ranked. He didn't get many college scholarships, yep, yep. so he wasn't a big name, and he went to a school thinking he would be a four-year,
2: a four-year, four-year player. Year college
1: player and, and came out two, of nowhere yeah. and... It's just that progress and work, and I think, obviously, for somebody like him from his pos- position and from his uh, li- like his sort of life, I think that work is just going to keep going and transition yeah. into the NBA.
2: Yeah, no, that hunger, man. He wants to be a star, man. You can see it. Mm. You can see it in him, man I would agree, man. He is definitely somebody to look at for that mm. next star. Yeah, to be a next star for sure,
1: and just probably not the next star, probably like the newest star. Everyone's talking about him. Probably the biggest star at the moment outside of LeBron Giannis. You got to talk about Luca, man. Yeah. Luca. What are your thoughts? I see, I seen him coming up on your Instagram a lot.
2: Yeah, man. Luca. Another a...
1: crazy game today. In a loss, though. But, bro, no. I don't, personally. I don't actually understand what's happening because. What do you mean? It's like. He had an amazing season last year. Yeah. But I thought that was already like, okay, it's going to be a slow progress from there. But it looks like he's actually four he's got or it. five times well, better. Well,
2: look, this is what I'm going to say. He has it because he's was playing. he been playing pro since he was, what, 14, 15 years 14, old? 14, yeah. You know so, what I'm so I, so yeah, I posted so. a
1: photo not uh, long ago of uh-huh. him playing against OKC in a preseason as a 16-year-old. Exactly.
2: He's got in Westbrook. Exactly. He's on the same court. So, when you look at it from that perspective, he's been getting that pro experience. And then the Euro, the Euro League, that's a tough league. That's one of the best pro leagues in the world. You can say that's the second, third best league in the world. You know what I mean? And he's been getting MVPs there. He's been playing there. Yeah. You forget His about that. His whole teenage life. You know? So, when he got to the NBA, also, there's different, there's different rules. You know, in the EuroLeague, like you can play, help defense, something like we talked about earlier. You mm-hmm. know, you got guys in the paint in the NBA. You don't. You have the court is bigger in the NBA. You know, uh, there's different rules as far as like hand checking and being physical. And the NBA is not as physical as it as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so now Luka has just got guys on an island, and he has a good shot. He has a very high IQ. And he can score from anywhere on the floor, so the game has just come much easier to him in the NBA than I think even it did in Europe. You know, which has him just transcending right now. Which guys are looking at him like, "Wow!" Like we didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, I definitely. You know didn't what, see what I mean? Coming. And I'm like, "Yo, this this transition is crazy. He's a triple double machine. He's averaging right now what thirty nine point eight. So that's pretty much ten boards and nine assists."
1: And he's chucking in a steal, at the same time.
2: You know, with their record being sixteen and seven in the West, you know what I'm saying. So he's just. Because like that was generation. that was my
1: that was my thing. Because I was I would see the stats and I was like, okay, well, how good is the team doing? But then mm. without even knowing. The, and realizing the amount of team su- success he's having.
2: And he's, he's changed. He's he's given that culture, and I feel like what helped him. He learned a lot from Dirk last year. Yeah, Dirk having his last year and his first year, Dirk is giving him all this. Like a seamless like transition. Exactly. That goes back to what we were talking about as well. To like learning, learning from sure, your brother. peers. Ooh-hoo. You know what I mean? And Dirk is a a, a champion, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, not
1: just yeah. He's teaching. Him Had how his how to, lumps too. Lost yeah. in the finals. He's when he should have won.
2: Teaching him how to approach the game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. teaching him how to take care of his body teaching them how to become a champion, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and have longevity in the league. And, of course, a player like Luke is going to listen to that. Yeah. You know, especially I think with that's both that, that respect thing being international somebody, yeah. players as well, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, man, and he's just put in the perfect position. Like, Dallas is a great organization.
1: Yeah, they're serious about um, basketball there.
2: They got a great coach, great owner. So Yeah.
1: And know. I think, like, what you were saying, I th- where even though for me it's kind of unbelievable – uh, his progress already And it's kind of hard To see really How he can get better But going back To what you said I think it's the body Is that That's like his next step Yeah That once Once I he can like, get That body on point Yeah Because there's You can just see Just by looking at him That he could put in Some more he work He definitely in Put
2: in more work and he, and he will And I feel like A lot of people may Be like Wow what, Like You think that But I feel like His three point shooting Could get better You know He's not that great Like, we see the three-point shooting Mm. on the highlights, but his three-point shooting is not even that where it could and where it's going to be. Mm. Like, eventually, I think he can get to, like, high 30s, Mm. maybe even in the 40s. So, yeah, as we speak, he's
1: 32%. And that's low. Yeah. but Somebody may have thought, mm, you know mm, what I mean? In comparison to what? Yeah, by looking at the highlights and watching all the little clips here and there. Yeah. But I think in saying that um in terms of his clutch moments and when it's really time to shine, that's he when his it. game.
2: And that's what I mean. Like he'll eventually be that'll eventually become consistent. You mm. know what I mean? To where he's knocking that down consistently mm. and that may you you may be looking at somebody averaging thirty to thirty five points a game if <laughs> Well <laughs> when he do that, well bro, I think, and even more assists. Oh out,
0: you went out. I can dig it, I can dig it Black, yo, I cannot dig it. Listen, hon, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's nice looking at you. I, I just have to go. My man is right Where over there. are you I have to go. My, huh? I'm on my way, Black. I'm on Does my way. Do you have a number or something? Listen, it's uh, 765-4321. What area code is that? one Listen here, dear. Step to the rear. Find yourself a seat. Buy yourself a beer. Eat some pretzels. Go play some videos. Thank you for your time, honey, but how I gotta go? I think I lost my coat, and plus I'm double-porked. I thought you was my girl, you see, I can't see in the dark. Anyway, I'm out, out is where I be. I've got to step with the moustache. When you see your honey by the strobe light, black, I hope you got good sight. For honey that you see, like the Shakespeare cellulite, we may or may not be all that. In fact, quite whack, with the grill that makes you stop tracks. But neither here nor there, clear. unless, of course, you don't care. Listen, baby girl, let me say it slow. I have to go. Not to this, but let's disperse. Yo, I'll see you later, unless I see you first. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Just don't know, and I just don't know. Gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta go, 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 I gotta go. See, something ain't right, it's the stroke light. I can't swing tonight, so I.
1: With with what's happening with Luca, at the same time we have to think his transition would be into somebody like James Harden, in oh, terms yeah. of how James Harden's taken over the game. Even though not necessarily his stats might not look good in terms of the shooting, but when you see thirty eight points mm-hmm. per game, on top of the fact that the Rockets are still doing good as a team, That's, you know it's, one of, those, it's like one of there, those one of those things when when that work outside like you know on the body comes through because I think that's what happened with James once he started putting that work on his body you started seeing that performance become more consistent on the court where now he is averaging 38 points a game because every game he's always seems like he's scoring 40 50 60 yeah Yeah, man in the game those are games that he needs to score that much just to get a break or just to keep him in the game
2: yeah just for them to get a win
1: the the game that really like you know set it off for me in terms of really understanding how good Harden was was the Washington Wizards game where it was like 153 to 140 something right and that was with no overtime and you just even though when you look at that score you have to think what kind of game was right. that right right but they were going up and down the whole time there was no breaks you know Every, like, a possession would end within five, six seconds sometimes. So, you're running up and down yeah. the court. Like, you have to be in the peak physical condition to yeah. be able to perform like that. So, you, you have to respect somebody like Harden, irrespective of your views on the stats. That is. You got to respect Harden,
2: man. Anybody, I don't care what league you're in. If you averaging 38 in a half points yeah. a game, bro. You got to respect it as a hooper. Yeah. Like, Even if it's the way people, he's doing it. A lot of people are saying he dribbled too much. just going one-on-one, which, yeah, but that's not his fault. The coaching, that's how Dan Tony coaches. If you look at Steve Nash when he was coaching the Suns and Dan Tony was coaching Steve Nash, it was the same thing, except Steve Nash was a pass-first Was looking guard. to pass. You know what I mean? Now he has a, a shoot-first shoot shoot first point guard, guard, and he's letting him do it because nobody can stop him from scoring. So it's the same thing, just different type of player. Mm. You know what I mean?
1: And that's and that's in the same way with Luca, where Luca's realizing that he's the best player on the court at all times, yeah. especially on his team for sure. So why, why does he need to really give it up at that point? So whether mm. or not he's shooting well or not, it's still the best opportunity for Dallas to win with him.
2: With him taking over the game.
1: In the same token as Houston right now going back to your Steve Nash point Steve Nash I don't know if it used to be called the uh, 12 was it 7 seconds or less 12 seconds or less whatever they called those sons fast paced always trying to move always trying to move and find the open shot straight away but what you gotta realize
2: Tony plays the same way yeah
1: but those 12 seconds Steve Nash had the ball for 11 seconds he had, those, he had the ball mm-hmm. for 11 seconds. Then he made a decision whether it be for him to shoot or pass it to somebody exactly. that was open. Whereas now, James is holding the ball for those 12 seconds. Dribble, dribble. If he's got a shot available, he's going to take it because even a difficult shot for him is better than anyone else on his team. Exactly. And then if he gets an opportunity to drive, he'll drive because he knows in himself, going back to the Lonzo point, if anyone fouls me, I'm making every single one of these free throws. Point in fact, 24 out of 24 free throws the last yeah, game.
2: I think he's shooting like, uh, I think he's he's definitely shooting like 90% from the free throw line right now. He
1: uh, Last I checked, he was shooting something like 14 threes a game. He's only shooting like 30-something low 30s.
2: The low 30s from?
1: Low 30s from three. So you got to imagine when he gets to his normal sort of level of 33, 30, right. maybe like 35, sorry. Right. That average is going up and if that average goes up any more than 38 you know you're talking historic numbers right now if you get into the 40s so you have to you just got to understand that offensive talent and just respect that offensive talent i think even though it is repetitive even though it might not be as exciting to watch at the end of the day the game is about winning and the game is about doing the right things to get that win and if the right thing is for the Harden to dribble the ball between his legs it's the right thing
2: this is my opinion but it's the right thing until you get in the playoffs once you get in the playoffs like there's there's schemes and there's defenses Mm. set up to where they're gonna come at them and you're playing one team for a seven game series so they're not gonna let you just dribble 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 shoot average 40 a game on them for especially a team like a Clippers or a Lakers you know or like these teams aren't going to let you do that. And mm. you know you can't win like that and that's the reason why Dan Tony has the history of getting knocked out of mm. the playoffs.
1: Yeah, well that's and and that's the thing. On top of that uh with Luka too. That's I think where we need to start.
2: That's really Angus is going to We need to we
1: need to start really uh basing our judgment on that on his playoff performance because at the moment oh, in yeah. the same way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's getting a chance to play against these teams where they're not really scouting against him, and they don't really know yeah. or focus on what he's good at and what he's not. And
2: where Luca has the advantage of Harden for his career, as far as like being able to have more respect, is he's still early. Where Harden mm. has been getting knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah, so you know what yeah, I mean. So yeah. like people are so like, oh, he's a regular season stat guy. Mm. Which is still Going to get him In the Hall of Fame If he continues on mm. But
1: But he has to perform
2: He has to do this if In you the You want to get into That next level You know what I mean mm. uh, of, of Hall of Famers Like these cha- You want to be a champion At the end of the day When you're averaging Stats like 38 and a half Points a game But then you end up With no rings Yeah You know what I mean it's not what
1: What is it really worth
2: What You know so, Yeah, You're just going to be known as Just A uh, you know, one of the best scores to ever go down, which is probably enough for him in his head. You know,
1: I think that's pretty good to be honest. No, and, that's it's and great though. With uh, just so we can finish up on Harden, uh, Jalen Rose mentioned in uh, an interview earlier this season he had a prediction to think that James would score ninety points this season. So <laughs> just. Just thinking about what you know so far, just with how the game's going, just understanding James's stats himself. Yeah, man. remembering he hit 24 out of 24 from the free throw line one game. He's averaging 14 threes. He took 20 23s in a game this season as well. Yeah, that's crazy. I think that probably is one of the craziest smart predictions. Well, he had
2: 60 and 31 minutes against Atlanta. So I mean, has he played the Warriors yet? Has he played the G League Warriors yet? You give him 10 more minutes, he might get 80. (laughs) Easy, he'll get 80. (laughs) And then really at that point. Then the very next game, he had 50
1: against the Spurs. So we're running out of time now. But we're just going to try and go through some quick hits. Just I want to see your quick opinion on a couple of things. Let's do it. So just um, surprise players. For you, what are your thoughts on Carmelo so far?
2: I mean, I mean, I I always thought he should have a shot. Mm. I didn't really think he was maybe not a starter anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I thought he would be somebody good to come off the bench, give you a spark and mm. some, some scoring. Mm. But I think as a starter, he's held his own. Like, his mm. shooting hasn't...
1: He looks more athletic as well.
2: Yeah, he's slimmed down yeah. and he looks like he's in good shape. Mm. But, you know, I don't think he's been shooting that well. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like his shooting percentages, but, you know, he takes, you know, he takes quick shots. Yeah. But I think watching, I watched Portland a couple of times as he's been there. He's starting to find his role. He's getting the ball moving a little more to players, mm-hmm. to his teammates and, and stuff like that. playing the so, Exactly. So I think the more and more the season goes on, Carmelo will get more, you know, in mm-hmm. tune with his, his team and his rhythm. Mm-hmm.
1: Another young player that seems to be shining as well, Pascal Siakam. What oh, do you think about star. the brother from Cameroon?
2: He's a star, bro. He's 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 on his way to superstardom. I think I think we've seen that last year in the playoffs mm. in the finals. Yeah, you know, like I think the first game of the finals, he had like thirty something, twelve boards. I don't know. Mm. He had a strong yeah, strong double double against mm. the Warriors, very first game of the finals. And that was when I seen it in him, as mm. far as stardom. Through the throughout the playoffs, he was hooping. But when I seen the first game of the finals, yeah, he when did he that, just showed up, I was like, "Yo, he's a problem," you mm. know. And at his position at three, he's gonna be doing that for a long time. Yeah, up in Toronto. yeah, he's nah, for be sure, an all star.
1: And just uh, just a f- like a little tidbit about uh Pascal mm. going back to you know Jay King's story. Pascal started playing basketball when he was 15 or 16 years mm. old the uh, nba africa came to uh cameroon and obviously uh their goal as a uh, organization is obviously to promote basketball yeah. in africa because obviously there's a lot of talented yep. athletes out there so but pascal at that time he was only going to use basketball as a way to get a college degree right and get that opportunity to go to america and study not knowing
2: embed, where embed life embed would take NBA. him yeah so it's great so, story. it's a
1: crazy story, but it's a great story in terms of determination and obviously following your dreams, never yeah. giving up. Because yeah. he went to a school, New Mexico State, that's not really a highly regarded school. No. And, you know, he uh, played all four years there. He's an older sort of player. So, when you look at his age in comparison to others, he's yeah. a lot older because obviously he started later. But at the same time, in terms of how long he's been playing basketball, It's a lot less than other players. So that's why you're seeing this major growth. And he really should win most improved player again.
2: Again, I agree. I agree.
1: You know, like... At the same time... He well and truly deserved it last year. But then this year, without Kawhi... He's taking that step up and taking that lead... To the point where, you know... You have to recognize him as... uh, All-star at the very minimum. And even still to the point where now he's in the mvp race because toronto's doing so much better than right. anyone was expecting right so and if he's the catalyst for that you know he, you got you got to expect him to get that recognition and obviously i don't think he can win mvp but you know I th- the way toronto's playing now added to the fact that they've still pretty much got the exact same team just minus Kawhi i don't think they'll go out uh, and take the East But I think they're definitely Going to make some noise In the playoffs now Definitely uh, come out The first round
2: Yeah Yeah I mean I wouldn't want to Play Toronto in the East If I was Any team You mm. know Even Milwaukee mm. You know what I mean I think they match up well They're not even fully healthy I think Lowry just got back is mm-hmm. um, coming back Gasol is still out He's is coming back And Ibaka is out Ibaka's out So in the playoffs They match up oh. well With any team With with him and Van Fleet playing Van Fleet is another guy who playing out of his who mind be talking about most improved. Mm. You know what I mean? I think Van Fleet what is he averaging right now? He averaging eighteen and seven and a half assists. Starter. You know yeah. what I mean? On a good play on a good team. So like you got those two players man and they have that championship mentality already and confidence now and that Kawhi factor
1: so, just kind of gave them that inner confidence it, it that did. quiet confidence it did. you know so and i think what's underrated about the raptors is that at any one time they have five players on the court that can shoot and defend
2: yeah play both sides. So they five. have a lot of length and they get up and down mm, i like that and thing. those
1: are the teams that you'll see going towards the end of the season that will succeed more when you don't have to worry about one player on the other end and it's like oh what are we going to do about this guy exactly we need him for we need him for offense but he's a liability on defense exactly or the other way around where you need him for their defense but then they can't do anything on the other end so probably just uh, to wrap it up because we have gone way over time great conversation (laughs) Mr. King, is there any prediction that you want to put out to the NBA world now? Is there anything that you think that could happen soon or...
2: Going back to a sleeper, I'll say, mm-hmm. watch out for Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. He can possibly get rookie of the year over Ja. Watch out for the Raptors coming out the East. Mm-hmm. I think they have a legit chance of coming out the East mm-hmm. over a team like Sixers, Boston, and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it's gonna be a surprise out of the West, man. My pick is the Lakers, though. Mm. But I think I don't think that's a surprise. It's you not know really what I a mean? surprise. It's gonna be one of the LA teams. It, you really. know exactly. So, but yeah, my surprise would be, like I said, Kendrick Nunn, who was a no-name coming out the draft, mm. averaging just under twenty points a game mm. right now for the Miami Heat on a winning team. Yeah. And then the Toronto Raptors coming out the East.
1: Look out for them raptors, man.
2: Look it, look out, bro.
1: Mr. King, thank you for coming on the players club. Appreciate yes, sir. your knowledge. Appreciate
2: you having me, dog. Thank it you, was a sir. good convo. Said yeah. we over time, but you know it is. Any what shout it outs,
1: is. any plugs you wanna? You know, my boy's got his own podcast too. If you wanna Yeah man, I out. got
2: my own podcast. You can go uh check it out. You know, the KK World Podcast is on all platforms. If you wanna check it out by me. Um uh, Instagram Instagram is jking702 Find me on Facebook At Justin King And then also on YouTube At Basketball.
1: Yeah, and catch him uh, Dominating the SBL For the Warwick Senators yes, He's sir. back again next season
2: 2020 SBL season We coming We're home. coming for the
1: championship This year, I think
2: Championship Everything I like it, man
0: If you're happy I need it. clap your head. If you're happy and you know, is you, is you, and you're so and on the If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know, stomp your feet. If you're so happy and you know, and anyway, you weigh a If you're happy and you know, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know, Hey, hooray. Hooray. You happy and you know, say hooray. hooray. If you're happy and you know, say hoi. Hooray! If you're happy and you know after way want to say, if you're happy and you know, say hoi.
1: Woo! We've made it to the end of episode three. That was if you're happy and you know it, brought to you by my niece Zahara Gebra Meskell. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for lasting this long. I know it was a little bit longer than usual, but I hope the conversation was worth it. We're hoping to finish 2019 strong, so we got a couple more surprises before the end of the year. But as always, stay tuned to the Players Club on Instagram. Hit me up on HumphreyBear88 on Instagram. And if you want to talk about anything basketball, do not hesitate to hit us up on the DM. I'm always ready to have any sort of NBA conversation. But in the meantime, thank you again for listening. I appreciate you guys. This is the Players Club Podcast. My name is Yosef. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Me and my homies, we tired of them. name real the real she got a buddy named sb 12 now you know the deal we get freaky in the studio late night that's why the beats that you hear coming real tight something to roll to something to stroll to if you was a player in the game this will hold you more money more money for the bankroll. stick to the script don't slip in the ninefold a lot of fools put salt in the game